0: Why Won't You Date Me? A podcast for me, Nicole Byer, tries to figure out how I'm still single, even though you could jizz in a jar and I'll use it as wallpaper glue. Oh no! My (laughs) guest today, you've seen her on Lights Out with David Spade. She's done a late night set on Conan O'Brien. She's been on Night Train with YX Sinek. It is Julia Rossi!
1: Hi! (laughs) How are you? I'm I'm fine. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) I'm here.
0: (laughs) Yep. That's I feel like that is everyone's response. I'm fine. I'm here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like you're I think we're all everything. I'm very grateful. Yes. That I'm just sitting on my floor talking to you and not working outside.
0: Yeah, it would be pretty awful
1: (laughs) to have to work outside, like
0: doing manual labor. Although I've been doing manual labor outside. I'm now a gardener. I've got a garden and I'm growing (laughs) things. Uh, Julia, (laughs) I think I saw on your Instagram today you were wearing this fabulous robe.
1: Oh, the sequin kimono? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I bought a sequin kimono during the pandemic. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I I had my eye on it. It went on sale. I've been wearing mostly kimonos around the house. I'm wearing a different one right now. It's like a sheer, vintage thing. But um, yeah, it's. I might wear it to the hospital when I give birth. I don't know. That might be a little too much, but we'll see.
0: Um, I think it's just <laughs> fucking enough. I love it. <laughs> I feel like you would be the person to have a like a birthing outfit.
1: Ah. Oh. Yes. I literally called my mom and sister today and I was like, now what's the dress code for birth? <laughs> <laughs> was there an actual answer? Um, I mean, my mom was both of them were like, you know, you'll want to bring something to wear after. So my mom might send me one of her like vintage little nightgowns or whatever, which mm-hmm. is great. But both of them were like mostly just a vagina. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just
0: bring that pussy. Bring that pussy, all the poop, all the blood, Ooh. all the all the all the juice. Honestly, that might be the wildest thing about childbirth. You like <laughs> shit in front of people you just met or maybe met a couple times through prenatal care and stuff, and then you just like everyone's okay with it and nobody talks about it again. I know it's like college. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It is so. You are pregnant right now. I am. I will. I'm. I will be in my third trimester in a few days. So I'm like seven months. Oh, that's so wild! How insane <laughs> feels up. like a fake pregnancy because the <laughs> last time a lot of people saw me, I didn't really look pregnant, and I don't think a lot of people knew. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to have a baby after quarantine. And it's like, OK, Julia, <laughs> like it does. it's weird. And no one can enjoy like my glowing skin and my thick hair. You know, it's it's there's worse things. But I'll tell you, you know, it would be nice.
0: I'm enjoying your glowing skin right now. <laughs> it's stunning. It's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. May I ask, do you know what the birth sex of your baby is? It is a girl. Oh. Yeah. How fucking <laughs> cute. I feel like that is perfect for you. I feel like this baby will be in sequin kimonos. <laughs> yes. But then also, I feel like if you had a boy, it would be in sequin kimonos.
1: Yeah, it would still be it would definitely be looking good. I mean, it's such a weird thing with the whole gender because like whenever someone asks you know, of course, you have to say congrats after. Mm-hmm. It would be weird if you were like, ooh. <sighs> but it is funny because I don't know if it's because of the energy in the air of backlash against men. But mm. um, I feel like people are like, no, seriously, congrats. Like... <laughs>
0: Yes, because you're not going to give birth to a little uh,
1: me tour. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, you never know what she'll be like, but we'll see. <laughs> She's like very aggressive. She's the next Louis yeah. C.K. Uh, yeah. Anywho, <laughs> we're actually naming her Lucy C.K. Oh so. yes, yeah. Lucy C.K. I love it. Um,
0: has being pregnant during? I mean, this is such a stupid question, but has it hard? Is it been hard being pregnant during quarantine?
1: Mm. No, I mean, it, it falls in the same category, I think, of people who, you know, had to reschedule their weddings or people Mm -hmm. missing high school graduation. Like, it's that category of disappointment where it's, you know, it's such a joyful thing. And I think in some ways, I hope that like anyone that I've talked to about it or anytime I've posted about it, because I usually don't I try to not post too much personal stuff, but I have been pretty open about this online just because it's like, it's a happy thing. And I hope that it is happy for, it seems to be happy for others and you want to share that. So it's a bummer in the sense of not being able to, you know, like I had all these like really cute outfits planned (laughs) that were maternity outfits Mm -hmm. and I want to like see my mom so she can like feel the baby kick and like. Those parts are a bummer. And, like, my husband hasn't been able to uh, come into appointments with me anymore. So, like, Uh. he's missing that. But it's – so it's that category of just, like, bummer. Mm -hmm. But in a way, it's also been kind of nice because I am really resting and doing so much self-care. And I'm in a privileged position where I can – do that you know Mm -hmm. like I can take baths and meditate with my baby and we're gonna we're move we're moving soon into a a bigger into a house and so like congratulations thank you and like we can take our time to like decorate and nest and so and I'm pretty sure neither of us will be working out of the house anytime soon so we're Mm -hmm. sort of on a forced pre and post maternity leave so you know there's pluses and minuses I mean I just keep I think with the whole pandemic, I'm in the category of, like, I have so much joy about my growing family um, and so much joy, again, like, that I'm in a good – I hate using the word privilege, but just, like, I'm okay. Like, I'm not – I have this pandemic pretty easy, mm-hmm. but then I just also am an empath, so I'm feeling all the, like, we all are feeling, like, the trauma of the world. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just, you know, I, I – yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If that was a very long, windy answer. I liked it.
0: I also appreciate <laughs> you saying privileged because I don't think enough people who are privileged say it enough. You know, like I'm very yeah. privileged that I'm OK and I don't have to go to work every day and deal with the public and, you know, maybe bring something home to my house that makes other people sick. Like that is a huge privilege. And I think if more people acknowledge that, it's better
1: Yeah, I mean, I think privilege has had has gotten such a bad connotation, obviously, Mm -hmm. because of the Internet and because everything is a battle and you can't do anything right um, online. (laughs) Um, Truly nothing. We're all wrong and right at the same time. So I definitely have also been just using the word gratitude a lot, like Mm -hmm. really every day, like when I meditate, I'm like, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Like. It's I'm grateful for my dog. I'm grateful, you know, that we can afford groceries, you know, like there's so many. But then it's weird because I've all this gratitude. And then I also have guilt because like you see Mm -hmm. the footage of people in line at the food bank and you're like, this isn't fair. So like that's Mm -hmm. the part of it I think is the most upsetting is like really learning to not feel guilty about your gratitude and privilege, Mm -hmm. but acknowledging that. I don't know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like, yeah, like you, I don't know. I wanna just fix everything. I get that, (laughs) I mean, I fully get that. I I wanna
0: fix it too, I wanna heal the world. Also, you know what's fucked up? I just learned that like people who make, there's like a surplus of potatoes, because I guess nobody's buying potatoes, because you gotta do something to them, and people are just Uh making pasta, and they're throwing out potatoes.
1: so. Yesterday I literally ate a bowl of potatoes. What do you mean? How were they cooked? I boiled the potato and then I, cho- I guess it wasn't a bowl, but I chopped up the potato, threw it in a frying pan with olive oil and arugula and onions and garlic and I fried Ooh. it up and I just threw it in a bowl and just laid on my sofa and put the bowl on my fat stomach and I ate potatoes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. That sounds utterly <laughs> fucking delicious. Yeah. Uh, no
1: pro. No protein. No, no main dish. No yeah. protein for your baby. This gonna be no. a potato baby. I know. <laughs> well, my husband is also addicted to potatoes, so I'm very scared. Like about a year or two ago, I remember breaking the news to him. I was like, I think you know, you eat potatoes at every meal. He's like, No, I have like hash browns for breakfast. Hmm. I have like chips or fries for lunch. And then at dinner, I have, you know, like a baked potato or mashed potato. You know, like it was like so Mm -hmm. many potatoes.
0: When I was in high school, I would come home from school and my after school snack would be instant garlic potatoes. And you better believe I ate the whole damn box because nobody was home to say my friend. That's a serving for a family of four.
1: (laughs) When I would come home from school, because I had a mom who was a housewife, Italian housewife, um, I did have somebody who could have stopped me, but she insisted I eat either (laughs) a large microwave pizza alone or frozen instant fried rice, like Chinese fried rice, uh, with like the little packet of like just shit, that Mm -hmm. flavor that you put on it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I... That's very funny.
1: (laughs) She's like, no, you must eat more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So you are married. I am. Uh,
1: How long have you been married? We got married in July, so less than a year. Okay, And we've been together. uh, It'll be six years this summer.
0: Wow. Time fucking flies. I know. How wild. (laughs) I didn't realize you guys were together for
1: so long. I didn't either. How did you guys meet? We met um, at a stand-up show. It wasn't romantic at all. <laughs> I I did not want, I, w- I was just looking to fuck people. I had gotten out of, I had been married before and then to my college boyfriend and then I immediately got into a rebound relationship with a pathological liar. That's a whole other story. Oh, no. Um, and lived with him and it was, so I was in like, back-to-back relationships for, like, 11 or 12 years. Mm-hmm. So when I got out, I was like, I have to be single. Like, I have to really, again, I know I sound very privileged. I'm like, it was so hard. No. Um, <laughs> but I... I <laughs> but it, like, but it's it so is so like, hard I, to not attract yeah. <laughs> men. There's just something about me. But I don't even think... I think there's two... I think it's, you know, you always hear the stories of, like, it's so hard to meet somebody, but then you have the opposite which is the people who were like, nope, I'm going to cling to you no matter if this is good or bad. I don't know how to be alone. I hate myself, you know? And so I was in that second category. So I don't know if it was that I was necessarily just attracting men left and right. I did not know how to exist uh, individually as a human. So um, I was, so when I met Will, my husband, um, it was at a show. It was just like friendly. And then, I don't know, it was like five, or so months later, we we were at another show together. He claims he was flirting with me the first time we met. If he <laughs> was, he was real bad at it. Um, and it was really cute. Uh, it was really cute because all of his material was about how he had never had a girlfriend. I'm his first. Mm-hmm. I actually am his first girlfriend. <gasps> really? Yeah. Like, I mean, he had some long term fuck buddies that thought sure. they were his girlfriend. Uh. But never like a mom dad this is the Mm -hmm. one kind of thing which side note I hate that people call that a red flag I actually think it's great because it means he didn't waste his time oh you know what I mean yeah like I think it can be a red flag if you're constantly in relationships Mm -hmm. you know anyways so long story long we're at another show together like five months later Uh, somehow like everyone leaves the show and like you know, sometimes when stand-up shows go from show to, like, DJ night? Yes. So, like, we were there in that trading over spot, and so we were the first people there at the DJ night, so we just, like, danced for a few hours, and then I left, and then we just kind of, like, slowly after that, it turned into, like, we text, we'd make out once, like, it was, like, it was the only time, and this is inclusive of the other two relationship I had, where it wasn't, like a hookup that became a relationship. Mm -hmm. There was like, it was, I mean, it was only like a week or two of the dance before we like slept together. But it was, I don't know, it was really cute. Like he was really nervous and like, but he was, he wanted a girlfriend. I didn't want a relationship. And so I think that was like new for both of us. And yeah, it was just, it was really, um, it was like, it was a very sweet, it sounds so sweet.
0: I love <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, you. I guess you. Uh, you would say you're a
1: serial monogamous kind of. You've. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't. It just happened to be that, like, I dated my college boyfriend. He was great. I couldn't find a reason to break up with him, mm-hmm. so I married him. And then when that ended, (laughs) I couldn't find a
0: reason (laughs) to break up with him. So I said, fuck it. Why not fucking marry this dude? Yeah. I mean, we've been (laughs) together for so
1: long that we were like, we're still friends. Like, he's a great person. And then literally like a month after we split, I started having sex with this guy in my acting class who before I knew it, I moved in with him because I didn't Mm -hmm. know how to be alone. So that's so I didn't. I don't know. I guess when I think serial monogamous, I think of people who have, like, a two-year relationship, a three-year, like, yes. I think of that. Okay. I didn't want to have that experience. Like, a huge problem in my first marriage was that the whole time I was like, I should be single. I should explore. I need to get my numbers up. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, I'm, this is too, I wish I met you later. Like, that whole mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um. So, I guess, no. Okay. Yeah. How long did you date your college boyfriend before
0: you got married?
1: Oh, we dated for eight years and then we're only married for one. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. And you said you're still friends with him. How was the transition from being like romantic and being lovers and being married?
1: How was that transition to being like friends? Well, we were best friends for two years before we dated. Oh. And then fell in love. And then... I would say a few years in, I started to get nervous because I felt like the friendship was still stronger than the romantic part. hmm But because I was young and I had never had a boyfriend before, and I come from a dysfunctional family and he's this great guy, I just was like, Oh, I'm stupid. I don't know how to be loved. Mm-hmm. This is what love is supposed to be like. Like, you know, like all that stuff. Like I I I think a lot of people do this. Like I just My intuition was like, I kind of want something else. But on paper, he had, what else could you want? Like, I remember when I would talk to friends about this. Like, I had a few friends who I'm not really friends with anymore. But they would be like, wow, Julia, like, you're really picky. Like, you should be really (laughs) happy that someone loves you. Like, it's so hard to be single. And I was like, oh, okay. So I just sort of clung on to him. Mm -hmm. Because everyone kept telling me that, like, I'll never meet anyone as great as him. But my intuition was right. Like we just so I our, our it was a real natural like even while we were getting divorced it was we literally went to a place called fast and friendly divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Please tell me it was a literal drive-through where they just like it you was, order I mean, the papers and they hand you the divorce in a, like a happy meal back box.
1: It pretty much yeah it was uh it was very easy and then like I think we we probably didn't really speak for like six months just to kind of have a little space and then just sort of slowly started like texting happy birthday mm-hmm. checking in and like now he's married with two kids and um, both of our spouses have met like we all had dinner once um, years ago and so
0: yeah it's pretty like he Jesus texted me a month
1: ago and was Christ,
0: like Julia this is the healthiest
1: thing I've ever heard <laughs> Well, even, you know what it is, is I just, and I've, trust me, like, when I was younger, I was not this clear about relationships, but I think, you know, all your, that's why I don't believe in failed relationships. Every experience teaches you something. Oh, preach, girl. (laughs) And for me, it was like, even with some of the bad experiences I had, like, even with like the rebound liar guy, I still, I mean, I wish it was shorter, how long um, were you with him? Five years.
0: Good.
1: I know. Five
0: years. I know. Wait, he w- let's get into this. I want to hear all about this fucking liar. But first, we have to take a break. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Warning, things are about to get intense. Like when you stare into the eyes of someone that you really like for a full minute straight without blinking. Intense! intense heat lasting plump from the hot new lifter plump from Maybelline New York formulated with chili pepper lifter plump delivers a heated sensation for an instant lip plumping effect that lasts available in eight sizzling shades honestly my favorite is hot honey, and cocoa zing. I put it on my lips, and honestly, it did sizzle them. It sizzled them right to the moon. They were plump and juicy, and everyone was like, Nicole, can I? And I'm like, get in line. Can you take the heat? Find your shade at Maybelline.com or a retailer near you. Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we're back! Okay, let's get into <laughs> it. This sounds fucking juicy. Okay, so yeah. how, you met him in acting class. I did. That should have been a sign. <laughs> and
1: he was just... And I apologize if there's anyone out there who's obsessed with every podcast I do. I know you've heard all these stories, but whatever. It's my most interesting fact. Um, <laughs> So <laughs> that's not true. But anyways, um, he... So he was the... Polar opposite of my first husband. First husband, mm-hmm. very much a friendship-based relationship. So what I always was craving was like a little bit more passion. Okay. And as somebody who grew up the daughter of two Italian immigrants who ah, yeah. love is screaming, breaking mm-hmm. things, yep. not sleeping in the same bed. <laughs> um I looked to that as pa- I was like, well, but there's passion, you know? So I meet this guy, acting class, who is, like, I I I literally said to my friends, I'm like, the next guy I date after my husband, I want it to be, like, passion on steroids. I kept saying <laughs> this phrase, passion <laughs> on steroids, and, like, God got my manifestation wish wrong because the guy actually, he was on steroids. Oh. Like, I – like, I found out
0: he was on steroids. The universe um, or God took it fucking literally. They're like, yes. mm, she wants a man on steroids. There
1: we go. He's yeah. passionate about his steroids. Yeah, whoopsies. But he was also just very passionate about everything. And it was like, you know, he had immigrant parents. And so, like, we, like, we loved hard, but we fought hard. It was just, like, all that, like, juice that was missing from the first relationship. And it felt more comfortable because of my childhood, because of what you see on TV that are like, I'll mm-hmm. die without you. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it's really hard to figure out what, I don't know. It, it just, it just felt more comfortable, but then it very quickly didn't. And then I was already like living at his house or his apartment. And, you know, at that point I'm like, well, now I've been like divorced and, I've already been in this relationship for so long. Like no one. And he kept being like, no one's going to want you. Like he was like real.
0: Yeah, he was like
1: real manipulative. He's like, you're just going to do to me what you did to your husband. I mean, like, (gasps) no, I had no time. I was so vulnerable because I just like Mm -hmm. I kept being like, oh, I don't have any time. I'm not allowed to grieve my marriage because I was the one that initiated the divorce. Mm -hmm. But you have to grieve a relationship, even if you're the one that left them or cheated or was the bad guy. Like, you know, like, you you have to because then you're going to end up making some bad choices if mm-hmm. you just jump into something else. So, anyways, um, there was a lot. I mean, honestly, if we want to do a 300-hour podcast, <laughs> I could get into every story, I but truly, it was like... Oh,
0: give me the juiciest one.
1: Wait, how did you find out yeah. he was on steroids before we get into the
0: juice juice?
1: Oh, uh, well, there was a few different instances, and he always had really good stories. Like, I found needles in the garbage. Uh, Wait, did <laughs> you initially I... think it was steroids, or
0: did you think he was, like, using drugs? Like, intravenous? intravenous?
1: drugs, Needle drugs. No, I didn't think it was needle drugs, because he was pretty jacked. Uh, and like he had – he said they were like his ex-girlfriends because she had diabetes. And then I found like a vial of liquid in the back of the fridge and I Googled uh, it and uh-oh. it was like – it was definitely steroids. And he was like, uh-huh. no, it's – you know, it's for my whatever, my headaches or like – it was just a lot of stuff like that. And then um, mm-hmm. it, it was everything. Like people are always like, oh, did he cheat? Did he whatever? I'm like, no. It, it was almost worse because it was like everything from – Where's your money going? It's going to steroids and like whatever else. I don't know. And then but then also things like, "Hey, did you mail that letter?" Yeah. Well, then why is it sitting in the car? Like, do you know what uh, I mean? It was yes. just like just lying about everything. everything. Yeah, and it was and it, it it was I don't know. I just um I got really wrapped up in that like but I know like underneath it all, he's just like really broken and needs me and like All that stuff and I can honestly say like that I'm I am grateful for that relationship because that habit Mm -hmm. of wanting to ever fix a guy again. My husband my ex first husband didn't need fixing this guy did and pretty much everyone else a lot of other people I've ever had crushes on have Um, Mm -hmm. that that stopped like I was like no. So when I got out of that relationship I was like. I don't know if I'll ever date again. I don't know if I'll ever get married again. But, like, I just know that I will never let myself be that empty of energy again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I think that's really helpful for people
0: to remember that, like, it's better to be alone than let someone take your light or, like, just drain oh, yeah. you of your fucking energy.
1: There was this one time, and it's such a small thing, but... He, <laughs> um, he was a, I'm doing air quotes, singer. Okay. He had self-recorded <laughs> an album. Um, and, um, he was, you know, he was whatever. He was fine. And I was singing while I was washing the dishes. And he was just in, like, probably a roid rage moment. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, babe, like, okay, you're not a good singer. Okay? Just, like, oh. accept it. Like, like, I get that you, like, he's like, you can't, you know, oh, you do comedy, you right? You can't be good at everything. Like, you're not a good singer. And I just was like, that was when I really was like, what is my escape plan? Mm-hmm. Like, the lying I could handle, but it was stuff like that. And then he also, like, had a real hard time. He started to have a hard time with my comedy. Like, he was trying to, like, when he first met me, he was in such awe that I was this, like, woman who did comedy and I was independent, whatever. Mm-hmm which I wasn't I was completely codependent obviously and um and then as we like as I started to seem like a long term I guess wife material he really was like no you don't get to be cuz he he wasn't working you know mm-hmm. what I mean and so he was jealous and projecting on you yeah I, I mean i guess but there wasn't even that much to be jealous of but that singing comment i remember After that relationship, I was like, because this is what I think happens with every relationship. You start to piece together things because I was like, okay, well, I want I want to have that friendship energy that I had in the marriage, Mm -hmm. but the friendship energy can't be the only thing. And I want passion where they care and they will express it, but not in a manipulative or mean way. And like me and that liar guy, like we weren't friends at all. Like you would never tell a friend to stop singing. And so I really was like the next person I'm in a relationship, if ever, like I want them to be like loving it when I'm just like walking around the house, dancing, belting songs. We make up songs together. Like I want to have fun with someone Mm -hmm. and like have that friendship quality, but also want to, Have sex with them. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. I think that's absolutely what I
0: want. I once fucked a dude who also thought he was a singer and once we had sex to his album, it was... (laughs) Mind-numbing. What kind of music? Bad music. There was a lot of, like, steel drums and he was white. And (gasps) at parts, he would be like, wait, wait, wait. Like, he would stop mid-thrust and go, wait. And then, like, hear that steel drum and start again. And I just had to be like, this is wonder. This is for me. I like this. He was very bad. Oh, my
1: God. Did he have dreadlocks? Was he a white guy with dreadlocks? No, he was a white guy with long hair. Oh, my God. Wait, so what's your dating status right now?
0: Oh, you better believe I am (laughs) fresh, cute, supple, and single. I'm very, (laughs) very single. And uh, I was going to ask you this question. Okay, so like, I was dating a dude and I still like him, but he was like, I'm not looking for a relationship. And I was like, cool, whatever. But then we were going to hang out. But then the pandemic started. Oh, my God. My dogs are barking. Shut up. Then the pandemic started and uh, uh, we decided to like just take a break and he hasn't contacted me. So I deleted his number. Because I was like, I don't want to have the number hovering around in my phone when I'm drunk. Because when I'm drunk, I love to send a long text with all of my feelings. (laughs) But like, enough time has passed. Do you think I should contact him and be like, how are you? I, if
1: you do, make sure it's sober. Okay. And I'm not a big believer in the whole like, they haven't called. Like, I think... If you, you, I mean, I'm sorry to sound so cliche, but like, it's like a gut thing. Like if you and your gut are like, I really am curious to know how he's doing and I'm okay with whatever response comes out of it, mm, yeah. then text. But if you are like, I hope that he sees, because we've all done this, I'm going to text and he's going to be like, wow, what a great gal. And he's going to show up on a horse with flowers, you know, mm-hmm. and like, if if you're doing it, Because you think it's the move to get him to be like, wowie, wow, then don't. But if you really are just like, I want to see how he's doing and like maybe it'll open a conversation. Like if you can be okay with whatever the result is and have no expectations, then I say go for it. Okay.
0: I don't know if I have any expectations. I am genuinely curious as to how he's doing. Also, I like miss talking to him. He was a funny person. Yeah.
1: Then I think I mean Again, cliche, but like honesty is without a shadow of a doubt the most important thing. And that's for like all relationships, you know, like friendships, romantic, whatever. Like if you want to know how he's doing, ask how he's doing.
0: But the thing is, I deleted his number (laughs) and I don't, and then I also deleted, uh, I deleted all of my matches on Hinge and Tinder and Bumble because I was like, after quarantine, I'm starting fresh. And then I immediately regret it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then I'm like, okay, so like, what do I find him on Instagram and like message him on Instagram and then seem like I'm stalking him? I don't know if that seems like I mean, he could be listening to this episode. I, I told him not to listen to my podcasts, so... <laughs> you, should,
1: you should name the episode his name. <laughs> 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 How like, are you, Fred? Uh, <laughs> uh, hello, sir. How are you? Please uh, yeah. let me know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe it's terrible advice, but, like, if you maybe think about it... Do you meditate? I
0: try very hard to meditate, but... My brain, I would say, is just a a jar of marbles, and uh, even when I'm not moving, they're just shuffling
1: around. Yeah, I understand. I mean, if you could just, like, sit with it and think about it, and I mean, if you want to send a DM, like, I just think there's worse things that could happen. I don't know. I've texted people when I was told not to, Mm -hmm. and maybe I didn't end up marrying them, but I had nice interactions sometimes and sometimes they've been like oh it's so great to hear from you and other times they haven't responded and i had to be okay with whatever the result was mm. this reminds me of that song from greece
0: there are worse things i could do yeah than send a <laughs> dm or two <laughs> but then do i have to explain in the dm i deleted your number on a whim and then I was combing through
1: Instagram, and I found you. Um, I mean, I think I would just say I, I didn't have your number anymore. You popped into my head. I wanted to see how you were doing. Here I am. How are you? Okay. All you don't need right. to explain. You don't need to be like, oh, I was cleaning out my phone. You just say, I don't, I don't have your number.
0: Okay. I think that's good. All right, Julia. I'll honestly, I'll give you an update and let you know what I end up doing and if it went okay.
1: But if, but I will say this though, if, if this person, if this person at all makes you feel bad about yourself and if you feel like there was a brush off or anything like that, then don't. Like, do you know what I mean? Like if there's any... If any bad vibes that he, like, dismissed you or discarded you, like, then don't. Okay. I don't think he discarded
0: me. But Be- We ended with me being like, hit me up after the pandemic. <laughs> so I was the one who was like... We, and what do you say? He said, okay. Yeah. Which, so I, I who knows know. when that
1: is? <laughs> yeah, I...
0: Honestly, this pandemic, uh, it's taking longer than I thought it would. <laughs> I mean... Are people dating during the pandemic? Oh, yeah, girl. People are doing FaceTime dates. They're doing Zoom dates. They're doing social distancing meetups where they like take a walk with a cocktail or they like park their cars next to each other and I guess scream at each other from six feet away. (laughs) So, I mean, people are doing it. I just for me. The fear of getting stood up on a date where they literally have nothing else to do is like, oh, that would kill me. But then also it's one of those things where I'm like, what if I like create this like false intimacy? And then when we are able to like touch, there is no chemistry. And then it's like, not that I wasted time, but it's like a lot of buildup for nothing. It's almost like really great foreplay and then the sex is bad.
1: I think it's really hard to not have good physical chemistry if your emotional chemistry is really good.
0: Mm, Fair. I mean, I've had dates where I'm like, this person was so funny. They were so nice. I think they're really hot. And then when I sleep with them, I'm like, ugh, something is not connecting.
1: Yeah, you're right. I've I've had that, too. It is such a bummer when you're, like, butterflies the whole time on the dates I had that. I had, I remember having, like, a marathon date with someone who was, like, kind of in a, like, I sort, I don't know. We just, the date ended up going from, like, drinks to, like, you know, all over New York City Mm till 2 a.m., you know, one of those nights. And then we made out and I was like, oh, no, like, it wasn't, it wasn't his fault or my fault. It was just, like, terrible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes you're like, "Ugh,
0: our bodies do not match together." Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> um, did you propose to Will or did Will propose to you?
1: Um, I guess he tech Wait, uh we had been I should ask him what the story is cuz it was more like uh we had been talking about oh, like, do we want to get married? Like, do we want to have kids? Like that, it was very casual kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was on the phone with my health insurance. He has better health insurance than me. Um, and so I was on the phone with my health insurance crying. And he was like, we we should do this, right? And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. It was sort of like that. It was kind of like we worked it backwards. and Because also at the time we had been... So for two, three years, we had hosted a podcast called Hopefully We Don't Break Up, and we <laughs> would interview other couples, and some of them were married, some of them were dating, some of them were poly, you know, like we kind of did all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it was it was kind of similar to this in the sense of it was us asking other couples how they make it work. Um, and... A lot of times we would be like, why are you married and why are you not married? So we had a lot of conversations about marriage on and off the pod. Mm-hmm. So him coming into the room when he heard me on the phone with the insurance being like, we should probably do this. It wasn't like out of the blue. And then like we went to a ring store and I was like, you don't have to get me a ring. He's like, oh, but it, it would be nice. And I was like, oh, OK, you know, like it was. It, it, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't like a business transaction. Mm hmm. But it wasn't like a, you know, rose petals on the bed thing. But it was very romantic in its own way. Yeah. And sweet. And like... I
0: honestly... I think that's very romantic. That like... He was like, if she gets on my insurance, it's better for her. And if we get married, that's how we would do it. So let's do it. Let's get married and let's look for rings. I think that's so fucking romantic. And I think it's really sweet that he wanted to get you a ring.
1: Yeah. And it was... um. It was also really nice because because I had had a wedding before, mm-hmm. like a big Italian wedding, and he will never wanted a big wedding. So it worked out really great. So we ended up it was just our immediate family. And like we flew back to Brooklyn and our families had never met like our mm-hmm. parents. So they met
0: for the wow, first time. Wait, your parents met for the first time at your wedding.
1: Yeah. That's wild. Like our moms had talked on the phone and I think face they'd FaceTimed before mm-hmm. cuz his parents are in Chicago, mine are in yeah. Boston. My sister had met his family um because she flew out, but they met for the first time and so it was and we have an equal like we each have one sibling that's married with two girls, two mm-hmm. two nieces. So it was like this even you know there was um so how many people is that? There was 14 it was 14 of us. Mhm and it was just like so intimate and sweet and like our parents just like had the be- like loved each other and oh. um you know I don't know it was just really and like not to get I don't know it's so my I come from an Italian immigrant family who mm-hmm. when I was a teenager interracial was not an option mm-hmm. um <laughs> and so to uh-huh. To see this, to then see my family, like, this new family that we created and this Mm -hmm. new openness, you know? And I honestly think because I had gotten divorced, that made my dad specifically kind of more open to who would be in my life next. Because it was Mm -hmm. like, I did all the things they wanted me to. Mm Mm-hmm. Or I thought they wanted me to. And they were like, we never wanted you to do this. We never wanted you to waste our money on a wedding that you didn't want to have. <laughs> I'm like, oh, whoops. But I I tried everything traditional. Like, I tried mm-hmm. to get married to the college sweetheart. I moved back to Boston with him. I tried to live in the burbs. Like, I did everything. And I was, like, drunk and miserable. And mm-hmm. it was just really cool to see that, like, my relationship not only has been a good I think example of like a good relationship but also um that it like it made them more open-minded too to like you love whoever you love and that's it
0: I really like that and I think that's like (laughs) I think well I think it's such a good lesson that it's like you can't live your life with for other people's expectations you have to live your life the way you want to live your life and being selfish necessarily isn't actually being selfish. It's kind of like no. I'll worry about me so I can invite the right type of person to be in my life. And then hopefully the people around me can accept that.
1: And you and it it you truly do change like you change the world by example. Like I know that a hundred percent. Like yelling at people in all caps doesn't <laughs> change the world. No. The truth is people don't change until something personal happens. And yep. You know, like, it's not until you have the gay grandchild or the the person who got shot and you're suddenly against guns, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. So if I just, what was really nice is that when I first started dating Will, I would gotten to this point where I was like, I'm, I was 35. I um, had already been married. I had already wasted a lot of time with this dude that wasn't a good fit. Mm -hmm. I had already, in my mind, disappointed. Like I had already like gone through everything. So I was just so open. Like I was like, maybe I'll be with a woman. Maybe I'll, you know, like I had no idea what I just was like. I just want to be, I just want to be with someone where I can be myself, Mm -hmm. but still be challenged when I'm being a piece of shit.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're truly saying everything that I fucking want. Can I yeah. ask you a very loaded question? Absolutely. And if you don't like it, we can cut it out. Are you worried about raising a biracial child? Oh, that's not too
1: loaded. It's not? I don't know. Um, I'm not. I mean, I'm not thinking about it. Like, I think about it in that. OK, how do I? I'm See, not. This is worried why I say it's not, loaded.
0: It's it's like
1: yeah. it's kind of hard to answer. It's not. I'm not worried. I'm um I'm aware that that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Will's brother has biracial children. Okay, and so I feel like, and you know, some of our our mutual good friends have biracial children. So mm-hmm. I feel like I have a pretty good network of people. Um of both races of all races that I think will help me and advise me if there are any issues. And I think Will and I have done a really good job because there was like, you know, right away we first started dating. I was like, I don't know how my dad's going to feel about this. And then my dad Mm -hmm. loved him. And I was like, whoa. And it brought up conversation, you know, like and he also there's There's people on the black side of the family that were like, you're marrying a white girl. You know, like Mm -hmm. it comes from both. It comes from fear. Like, that's all it is. And fear because you want your kid to have an easy life and you don't want them to have to deal with other people's racism and judgment. Mm -hmm. But we've been so open about this stuff from the get, especially because I'll sometimes be like, does this tweet sound like I'm a dumb white girl? You know, like, I mean, I literally (laughs) keep myself in check. Uh Uh-huh. That I think, I think that if there are any issues that, that happen, we're pretty well equipped to handle it just because of our good communication. So I'm not worried. Um, I'm more worried about, like, the planet, guns. Uh Uh-huh. uh how do I how does breastfeeding work like I'm like more worried just about that I guess I'm a little worried about how to do her hair oh yeah but who knows yeah who knows what kind of hair she'll have that's the beauty of
0: (laughs) uh uh interracial kids and just black kids like uh and just kids actually just little girls little like every every little girl has different hair uh sometimes it's way different than your mom's and then like nobody knows how to do it but I'm
1: like, I, I hope that I'm a pretty open person where that if I, I don't know, ever did something that what I mean, I don't know, like I'm open to advice about it. If, <laughs> any any callers? No, I probably shouldn't. Please don't give me any yeah, advice. No, um, don't, open, I, don't open up for people to be like, no, lady, like yeah. this. Uh, people on the Internet love to yell. I mean, look, the world is such it's I think it's gonna be a lot easier now than it was 15 years ago, 10 years ago, one year ago, you know, like I know that's something like with, I've definitely had people, and I understand, kind of be like, oh, bringing a child into this world, eh? You know, like Mm -hmm. without really saying it, you kind of know what they're saying. And I've had that thought in the past. I never even knew if I wanted to do this. But the thing is, I watched this wonderful TED talk with this scientist or psychologist, I can't remember. And he was like, I know it seems like the world is terrible, but when you look at the facts, like, we are way more progressive than we were before. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's just that everyone has a microphone right now, uh, so it yeah. feels chaotic, and everyone has an opinion, and unfortunately, people love attention, and people who scream the loudest get a lot of attention, and then you have stupid liberals who will, like, retweet a right-wing racist and be like, can you believe this person? I'm like, you just amplified their voice. Mm. You know, like there's a lot of that that goes on. And, but the truth is we are more progressive than we've ever been. Like it, there's, we've, it's never been so okay to like see a little boy in a dress on the playground. I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying everyone's okay with it, but like, I never saw that, what, five years ago? Mm-hmm. I think
0: you're right. Uh And I think that's you know? nice. I don't know. And I think it's uh, it like brings me hope and joy that like, you know, 20 years down the line, everybody's fine with everything. It's so wild to me that people get so up in arms about shit that doesn't pertain to them. It's like you got to sit Ugh. home and mind your business.
1: I don't get it. Like, I don't speak with authority on anything that I've never experienced. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just I try to be empathetic and listen and Even people I disagree with, I'm not saying I always do it correctly, but, like, it usually is people that have nothing to do with the cause Mm -hmm. that are like, look at me! And I'm just like, cool, where did you buy that t-shirt that says, you know, gay rights? Did you get it at Forever 21 where they use slave labor? (laughs) Because (laughs) you really need to think about it, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I understand that people get really frustrated and want to change things, but, like, I also think that if you're going to have a really loud voice about issues, know what you're talking about, number one. Yes. And also check yourself and make sure before you tell me how to act, you're acting correct. Because one of my Mm -hmm. biggest pet peeves is when I see somebody write a long post, they're like, if you're a woman and you're not speaking out about, I'm like, nope, Mm -hmm. no, thanks. Uh, No, I got it. Yeah, I I
0: fully agree. A lot of people don't educate themselves about topics before they're like, here is my hot take.
1: Yeah, which is probably, I'm sure somebody will find something I said on this podcast and be like, actually. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait.
0: Honestly, my (laughs) listeners are pretty okay. and I feel like I only get corrected when I say something real wild and they're like, Nicole, no, no. <laughs> like I in one episode. I was like, where's the Internet? How does it work? And then a lot of people gave me a lot of links to help me understand <laughs> where the Internet is and how it works. And I'll tell you something. I'm not a scientist. I still don't understand it. We got wires under the ocean. How come sharks don't eat them? Oh, I don't understand faxes and electricity. I I just know a light bulb <laughs> lights up because of a piece of filament and I don't know what filament is. But I just I still don't understand phones. No, I don't understand Zoom. How the fuck do I see you? No. Are you real? Am I real? <laughs> is anybody <laughs> real? Julia, I have a question. Yes. How do you think I can not better myself, but some practices I can add to help myself be more available and open for a relationship?
1: Oh, well, I think, okay, not to go back to meditation, because I know that sounds very like, just meditate and everything will be great. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not what I'm saying. But, and and when I say meditate, I just want to clarify, I don't mean you have to sit cross-legged and like breathe a certain way in a certain hand position. I even mean like lay in the bathtub and not look at your phone for an hour, or, you know what, go for a walk, tech-free. Like, I think the more, I know you're already alone, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I mean, like, disconnected. If you can have, really make time to have disconnected alone time, because Mm -hmm. I think right now, more than ever, like we're saying, so the same way we get fed all this information about, like, activism and politics... You're also getting fed a lot of stuff about relationships. Like, you know, think of all this stuff you're bombarded with online. Like, it's a red flag if he's never had a girlfriend. Really? Mm -hmm. My husband's fine. Um, It's, you know, (laughs) don't sleep with someone on the first date. It's like, I know people have gotten married after that. Like, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? If you can sort of remove any of that (sighs) generic one-size-fits-all advice and go more inward and be like, well, what are, like, the must-haves? Okay, a deal-breaker. They have to think it's fun when I sing around the house. Mm -hmm. Deal-breaker. Like, they have to um, not call me names when we fight. Like, you know, like, Juju's kind of come up with these deal-breaker things, and I think that... I don't want to say it's magic, but I do think it kind of energetically... Sorry to sound like such a witch, but it does kind of energetically... Open the door to some of a, a better fit. Mm-hmm. Does that does that make any sense? Like, I think, I think so. it's the same with like I think it's the same with career. Like think about I don't want to speak for you, but I think like as comics, right? Like a lot of times people go into comedy and they're like, I don't know, I just want to be a comic, and they're like, okay, but like get more specific. Yes. So then someone starts doing stand up more. They start writing more. And then suddenly they get a phone call for the job. Like I'm not saying it's like make a magic potion, but I think the clearer you get, the more your like your requests can get answered. Um, so that's one thing. Um another thing, man. I mean, again, it's to sound cliche, but like a thousand percent honesty. I think no, like if you like someone, you tell them you like them. If you like want them to call you, you tell like I just think no Mm -hmm. bullshit game playing. I it's never worked. I've never heard of someone being like, I waited this many days to text them back. And then I lied about this. And now (laughs) you know Uh uh-huh. That year before I met my husband, I was like, I'm gonna be as blunt as possible with people. And it was very surprising for people, but it got it Mm -hmm. became like a new habit for me. I like all of that. I think all of that is super helpful. And uh, I think I'm going to make a
0: list when we're done with this podcast of my deal breakers and things that I want. Yeah. And I think
1: also really like the thing about deal breakers, too, is because I've had friends like I have a couple friends. I have two friends right now who are in re- long term relationships who are like, yeah, I just feel like I really want I'm really missing this for my relationship. And I feel like. You know, I should just shut up and be happy. And I'm like, no, like you have to listen. If there is something that seems silly that you want, you have to listen to that. You know, like mm-hmm. it's not silly. If you really, if, if something that's really important to you is that they, I don't know, I can't even think of something that's dumb, like love dogs, mm-hmm. okay? Like then that's important or that they- want to take classes to get like something mm-hmm. like yes. like those things aren't silly i agree yeah julia
0: i ask most of my guests this i think i've only missed three of my guests but <laughs> would you date me i would oh, oh, what a now with these cute little buns in your hair <laughs> <laughs> yay well we have come to the end
1: Julia, is there anything that
0: you want to promote?
1: Well, I don't know. Who knows what the state of the world. I mean, obviously there's not a lot going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you know, follow me on the socials to see what I'm up to. I do every Thursday host a little uh style talk show from inside my closet on Instagram live mm-hmm. um, Instagram did give me a development deal. It's crazy. Ooh. They did not, but um, <laughs> so if you want to watch that on Thursdays at four 30 Pacific standard time, um, it's just a fun little show where I interview comedians and people in the fashion world about style and feelings. Um, and then, yeah, you know, just find me online and watch and read and enjoy my stuff and take care of yourselves and be nice and all that. Good things. I
0: love that. (laughs) If you like this episode of, Oh, why won't you date me? You can like it. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can rate it five stars. And if you send me a nasty, come on hitting on me, I will read it. (laughs) I think this is one. Okay. I would strip you naked and put you in a hot tub of hot melted butter. I would use a giant robot in the shape of a giant dildo with arms to pick you up and use your butter soaked pussy as a cooking brush to delicately apply melted butter between layers of a croissant pastry while the croissants are in the oven baking. I would dress you up dominatrix style for some BDSM fun. And in the fantasy, you would play a sexy dominatrix French chef, thick French accent and all. And I would play a cold bowl of clam chowder and, Oh, I guess cook a cold bowl of clam chowder and you would yell at me and whip me and tell me how disgusting and soupy I am. <laughs> uh, wow. When the croissants, oh, this keeps going. When the croissants are done baking, I am fully convinced that I'm a disgusting, dirty, cold bowl of clam chowder. I'd lay you down on a giant what? platter and put your pussy in the freshly cooked croissant screaming, Oh, nom, 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 is good shit in an absurd French accent while munching on the croissants and gently serving your goddess pussy while, the, while fapping like a flag caught in a gust of wind. As we both reach a climax, I would yell, still in a French accent, there's too much sugar in this buttercream, and come so violently that you fly <laughs> off the platter and crash into a wall like a cummy snow angel. Whoo! wee That was a journey! <laughs> well, wait, and this person's single, too? <laughs> I I don't know. It was sent to me in a DM. They didn't say anything about being single or anything. But what a wild thing. Yeah. Coasanse. And then I I I call him dirty disgusting clam chowder. This is very a French accent. How wild. What a treat. Uh thank you so much for being on Julia. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> This has been a Team Coco Production. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader.
1: Just you wait. Auto Trader. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need.